Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. John chapter 10. Father, we thank you tonight for the reading of your word. The entrance of your word gives light, Father. It gives understanding even to the simple. So, Father, we expect to receive enlightenment in our spirits, direction for our lives, wisdom for our walk, and we thank you for it in the blessed and wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you found John chapter 10, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Yeah, the youth will be here by time service is out because at... uh, 625, I checked and they were in Perry, I mean, uh, Jasper, Florida. So they were just up the road. They probably stopped in Lake City to have dinner because they've been driving all day. So uh, they'll be here, praise the Lord. Glory to God. And I'm thankful that God has kept our our, uh, young people, our youth and our singles and our workers safe on this trip. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. I'm thankful for that. Praise God. They've had a great trip. Praise the Lord. Spiritually and naturally. Amen. John chapter 10, verse number 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Well, we know who the thief is. The thief is the devil. Isn't that right? And it says that he comes, he doesn't come for any other thing. He's not come to do you good. (laughs) He's only come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Well, you know, what's he after? You know, when a thief breaks into somebody's house, he's usually after something. He's not usually after the candy dish. I don't know if people even have candy dishes anymore. Well, when I was growing up, my granny and I'd go to her house and she'd have a candy dish sitting on the dining table. And I'd always come in and, and uh, you know, and, and raid the candy dish. But that's not what thieves are going for. Amen. I remember when we had our, uh, I had uh, our, our fellowship, you know, our Christmas fellowship, and it was my 60th birthday. We had a 60th thing, and, and people brought me 60 different little, you know, things. Some people brought me 60 pennies. Some people brought me 60 quarters. Somebody brought me $61 bills. And I think maybe... Another denomination. I, I like that better. <laughs> now, don't misunderstand me. I didn't not like the pennies. I knew it was just a gag. You know, it was a gag gift. But, but uh, somebody brought me. Somebody found out that I like those little mounds, bite-sized mounds. I don't like the almond joy. I like the mounds without the without the uh, uh, almond in it. I just like I just like the chocolate and the coconut. Well, somebody do, knew that, and they brought me sixty of those little things. Well, dear Lord, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't eat 60 of those. I mean, even in, you know, in six months, that would have been too much. And so I kept them in my office and the grandkids, you know, were younger then. This was 19 uh, or 2012, I should say. So they were a lot smaller. So every time they'd come to church, you know, they'd come into my office and I had them in my drawer. So that was my candy dish, you know, so that I'd give them, you know, these, uh, these mounds and, and, uh, or sometimes they didn't come in. I'd go out before they left and I said, Hey, here's your mounds, you know? But uh, the thief is coming for more than mounds. Amen. 
When the thief comes to, to break into somebody's house, he's usually looking for, yes, they're usually looking for, for objects of opportunity, but they're not looking for, for little things. They're looking for the valuable things, isn't it? Well, when the enemy comes, he comes after the valuable things in your life. That's what he's after. Amen. And so we have to resist him. Isn't that right? The main thing he's coming for is he's coming to get the word out of your, out of your life. Remember Mark chapter four, the sower sows the word. And he said, immediately the thief comes, immediately the enemy comes, immediately the devil comes to steal that word that's out of your life. And so we always have to be on guard. Amen. Amen. Satan is after your faith. He's after the word to get it out of your heart because if he can get the word out of you, he can get faith out of you. If he can get faith out of you, he's got your victory. Amen. He'll steal everything you have. He's after your faith. He's after your peace. He's after your joy. He's after your courage. He's after your comfort. He's after everything that God has given you. He wants to take it away. Everything God has put in your life, the devil wants to take it away from you. Amen. And so we have to be aware of that. Now, I'm not glorifying the devil tonight. And uh, not glorifying Satan and, uh, and what he likes to do, but, but we have to be aware of how he operates. The Bible says that, that we are to be aware of his devices. Amen. We're not supposed to be ignorant of what he's doing, but we're supposed to be aware of how he works so that we can stop him before he gets an inroad in our life. Now, we're not going to stop him from trying to come. He will still try to steal from you, but if you know it ahead of time, you can stop him. Amen, you can, you can stop him every single time. Amen, hallelujah. Not understanding how Satan operates, not knowing how he operates, not being forewarned is how many people end up blaming God for their problems. Religion has taught people that when problems come into their life and and difficulties come and things go wrong, that the dev, that God is actually the one responsible. I remember that very distinctly growing up because when I was 11 years old, my dad was tragically killed and people told me God was responsible, that this was all part of God's master plan, that God had a reason for taking my daddy away from me. I said, God needed him in heaven. I thought to myself, well, I need him here. Amen. Just a few months before my uh, oldest aunt on my father's side of the, of the family passed away. Well, I don't know if she was the oldest one, but the only oldest remaining one. She, uh, just, just a few months before she passed away, I was at a family reunion and, and, and we were talking about my dad and and I said something, you know, I'm not one to, to correct my elders. I, I was not raised that way. So I didn't answer her. Uh, even though I'm a minister of the gospel and she should have had some humility. You know, I've not just started out. I've been in the ministry 40 years, you know. But anyway, I said something about my dad and I said, well, you know, that wasn't the will of God, you know, when, when, when uh, my, my father died. And she, I mean, she, oh yes, that was God. That was the will of God. There was a purpose in that. And uh, you know what I found out later? I didn't really know it at the time, but I found out from her son, my cousin, I found out that uh, 
in their household. And my, my grandmother, my father's mother, lived with this aunt at the time that my, my dad was killed. They were of the impression that, my fa- that God took my father to ensure that he wouldn't later backslide and miss heaven. And I thought to myself, you know, God's got better ways of keeping us from backsliding and killing us. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, think about all the people who have backslide, have backslidden. Why didn't God take them out? Some of you need to be careful. <laughs> but I thought, see, that's how natural human reasoning that's not based on the word of God. And these are good people, God-fearing people, love God with all of their hearts. They love God. But they were convinced that my father, uh, there were some tests and trials going on in my family, in my immediate family, and they were concerned that he would do something foolish and, and eventually either backslide or lose his testimony or something. And so that's why God took him. Well, no, the thief took him. Now, God got him, <laughs> Because he was saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, he went to heaven, so the devil didn't get him. God got him because he went to heaven. But the devil took him out. And it was through what? Lack of understanding, lack of, lack of knowing the enemy and the fact, they, they, if, if they'd have just known John 10, 10 thoroughly, if they'd have just had revelation on this one verse, they would have known better. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, but I came that you might live life, live long life, live an abundant life, live a full life. Glory to God. Live out all your days here. Glory to God. Glorify God with long life. He said, with long life, I will say, 42 years old is not long life. With long life, glory to God, I will satisfy you. And every day, demonstrate my salvation to you. Glory to God. He wants you to be, he wants to to demonstrate his salvation. Demonstrate his deliverance. Demonstrate his wealth. Demonstrate his prosperity. Demonstrate health in your life. Demonstrate the blessing of God. Day after day after day after day after year after year of a long, long, satisfied life. Glory to God. That's the will of God. Anything short of that's not the will of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now we need to know this. We're not trying to get the blessings of God. So we're not trying to get God's blessing. We have an inheritance. Amen. Go with me to to, to uh uh, the 26th chapter of the book of Acts. Acts 26. This is our church vision. And look at verse number 18. In order to open their eyes, or to open their eyes, in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power, that, that word in the original Greek is the word exousia, and it's just the word authority, to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. Glory to God. An inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is an inheritance that's among us. 
It's an inheritance that doesn't exist outside the body of Christ. We have an inheritance. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter one. We'll see the same thing. Ephesians chapter one. Are you thrilled with the word of God tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. In verse number 11, in him, that is in union with Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance. Ooh, glory. We have some things that belong to us. If they belong to us, then we're not trying to get God to get it to us. If, you're, if you see yourself as trying to get a blessing from God, then you don't see yourself with that blessing. You need to understand that all of the blessings of God are in union with Christ. Paul said all of the promises of God are in him, yes and amen, to the glory of God the Father. All the blessings of God. I like one translation that says, as many as be the, the promises of God, Christ is the yes pronounced upon every one of them. Glory to God. There's no way you have, you don't have to ask God if it's his will to heal you. You don't have to ask God if it's his will to bless you. Praise God. When Jesus came, he was the yes. He was the yes, the amen pronounced upon every promise of God. They're all in union with Christ. They all came with him. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Go with me to uh, uh, look at 1 Peter. Look at 1 Peter chapter, hallelujah. Look at 1 Peter chapter one. Look at verse number three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his abundant mercy, who, excuse me, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. Incorruptible, undefiled, and it's never fading away. Hallelujah. Phillips translation says a perfect inheritance beyond, beyond the reach of change and decay. Oh, glory to God, I like that. Reserved in heaven for you. Now, some people read that and they say, reserved in heaven away from you. In other words, it's reserved in heaven and when you get to heaven, then you'll get the, your, your inheritance. No, it's, he didn't say reserved in heaven for you and you can't get it till you get to heaven. That's not what he said. Amen. Reserved is to, to watch, to observe, and to safeguard, to protect and to set it aside. Goodspeed says, that which is kept safe for you in heaven. See, the devil can't get a hold of your inheritance. The only way he can get, only way he can get you not to have your inheritance is to deceive you. If you think it's all in the sweet by and by when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Plus, God, I'm singing and shouting the victory now. Yeah, I'm gonna shout it then, but I'm shouting the victory now. Glory to God. You know, when, when I make a reservation for a hotel, that reservation is, is for me to use. It's, that room is reserved for me to use when I need it. Well, the reservation isn't at the room. 
And the reservation's not on my phone or on my tablet or in my email. If you go to, to uh, uh, give me a name of a hotel chain, Hilton. If you go to a Hilton hotel and you make a reservation, that reservation is kept somewhere. I don't know where the reservation center is for that. There's, there's a building somewhere and they've got a big server and they've got, and they've got those reservations from all over the country. Every time somebody makes a reservation, it's reserved at that central, let's say it's Dallas. Let's say, just say it's in Dallas. That's where the reservation center is. My room in Miami is reserved in Dallas. I don't have to go to Dallas to get it. That's just where it's reserved. Our inheritance has been reserved in heaven. Glory to God. And there's not anybody, there's not anybody uh, 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 breaking into the system. There's not anybody, what's the word I'm looking at? Hacking. There's nobody hacking the reservation center in heaven, praise God, and interfering with anything. It's reserved in heaven and, I, and it's available when I need it. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Don't make me preach. I might. Glory to God. Amen. We're, we have healing. We have blessing. We have, go with me to Proverbs 3. Hallelujah. Proverbs, the third chapter. Proverbs chapter 3. I was studying this verse a few years ago and doing some research on it and found out something really good. Proverbs 3 says, my son, verse 1, my son, do not forget my law. Let your heart keep my commands. Well, the number one command for the believer is to walk in love. Amen. Walk in love. He said, excuse me, he said, do not forget my law. You could say, do not forget my word. Let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace. They will add to you. Glory to God. I looked up this word peace in this verse and it means health, welfare, prosperity, and security. Yes, I'll take that. Amen. That's part of our inheritance. That belongs to us. Length of days, not short life, Length of days and long life and welfare. Where's my note? Welfare, health, prosperity, and security, they will add to you. Glory to God. We can walk through life with a sense of, of health, welfare, prosperity, and security everywhere we go. Glory to God. I tell you what, that puts confidence in you. That puts strength in you. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you're going to have to say no to the devil because the devil will try to steal from you. I said he'll try to steal from you, but you don't have to let him. Amen. You can say no to the devil. When the devil, when, when, if you, let's say you drove home tomorrow afternoon after work. You come home from work about five o'clock. You pull up in your driveway and there's a pickup truck sitting in the front of your driveway right up at your door and the front door is open. And you get out of your vehicle and you walk in there and there's somebody carting your TV off. They've taken them, they've taken it off the wall, your big screen TV, and they're about to walk out the door. And you say, what's going on? I say, well, I'm taking your TV. You say, no, you're not. 
Oh yes, I'm taking your key, your TV and you're not going to have this. You, I know you had this TV, but you're not going to have it anymore. I'm taking it. You're going to say, I know what some of you guys, you're going to reach in your waistband and you're going to say, I have something in my waistband that has nine verses in it. <laughs> and you aren't taking my TV. Isn't that right? Well, you have to tell the devil. You're not taking my blessing. You're not taking my health. You're not taking my income. You're not taking my prosperity. You're not taking my peace, my joy. You're not taking my blessing. And I got something in my pocket that's got nine verses in it, glory to God. And every one of them's loaded. And you're not taking my blessing, glory to God. Amen. If you don't stand up to the devil, he will steal from you. Amen. He'll steal your health. He'll steal your peace of mind. He'll steal your security. He'll steal your family. Come on now. He'll steal your family if you, if you let him. When the enemy comes to start making uh, inroads into your family, you need to have the courage to stand up and say, no, you don't. Take your hand off my children. Take your hand off their minds. Take your hand off of, their, of, of the things that affect them. Take your hands out of their life in Jesus' name. My children are not going to turn out the way you have planned. Parents need to stand up. Amen. Say, no, you don't. You're not taking my children. You're not taking my grandchildren. Amen. You're not taking my church. You're not taking my church family from, from me. The devil will try to steal everything that God has given you, everything that, that he's put into your life and brought into your life, he'll try to steal it from you. Amen. Try to steal your church family from you. Uh, uh, several years ago, you remember, I, I'm trying to be aware of the demographics in here tonight, so I'm gonna speak in code. Mommy, what's a... Remember a few years ago, there was a woman that came to our church that tried to introduce... Uh, uh, some, some, a lifestyle into our church. You remember that? Well, I had to stand up to that. I had to stand up to it. Not too long ago, a, a visitor came to our church, a, a young man and, and, and his wife. And my wife and I went out in the lobby after church and we met them, you know, and, and they explained to us that they had gone to a, they were members of a denominational church. The denomination's not important. That doesn't have anything to do with it. Said, so, but you know, if you know anything about our denomination, we're going through a a a time where they're trying to bring this lifestyle into our denomination, and a big split is about to occur. And she said, so we've had to leave that church because it's not right. And they had small children, and uh, so so we went to another church of the same denomination. And said, the, the, the worship leader said, well, love is love. You know, all love is love, and so everything's fine. And this, and this lady said, yeah, but the problem is, no, it's not. <laughs> not all love is the same, and it's not all right. And uh, yeah, love is love, only it's not, she said. And she said, you know, we, with small children, we have to get out of that. Well, a few years ago, when, when this happened in our church, and I had to take a public stand because this person was trying to bring this into our church. So it wasn't somebody that was just, you know, wanted to come and wanted help. She wanted, she wanted to bring this into our church. Now, I didn't say anything about it because I didn't know at the time when I dealt with it. I just did what the Holy Spirit told me to do. I found out later, a few weeks after this, 
Three different people, three different women in this church came to me and said, I'm so glad you dealt with this, Pastor. She said that these three different individual women separately came to me and said, while that lady was here, she started flirting with me. Three different women said that. Now, that person was trying to bring death into our church. Amen. Well, there was a, there was a family here that... I didn't know this either. I didn't know it when I dealt with it. But shortly thereafter, I think the next week, this, this family in our church, this woman came to me and she said, Pastor, I'm so grateful that you dealt with this. Then she told me her story and I didn't know it. She and her husband had come to our church. I just knew they'd you know, come from, so I didn't really know where they were from. They'd been here for a while, you know, several years. And she said, my, my husband and I came here because where we came from, in our hometown, it was in another state. She said there was a, a, an incident like this happened among in, in our family and a, a niece was going through this. And the parents, her sister or brother or somebody of this niece declared to the family, now you're going to acknowledge this and go along with this and accept this or you're gonna have nothing to do with our family. We're gonna cut you off. And she said, you know, we, 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 we're trying to live a Christian life and we're not, you know, uh, condemning anybody. But she said, we can't go along with that. And said the rest of the family, all of the other brothers and sisters, all just, you know, just caved in. And she said, we knew that with our children, our small children would not grow up with the right Bible view of this, of this issue if, if we acted like that was normal. So we left, she said, we left our home, our state and city and left our family all, all behind and moved down here to find a church and we found this church. Then she said this to me. She said, now, while this woman was coming to our church, she said, I looked around, you weren't doing anything. Well, she didn't know as I was, I was watching this and I was in contact with this woman, and I was giving her opportunity. But see, this lady didn't know it, this other woman that was talking to me. She said, you know, I, I, I thought, well, you know, our church is a good word church. It's a, we preach the uncompromised word of God, and Pastor Anderson is strong in the word, and he's allowing this. See, didn't know that I wasn't allowing it. I was giving this person time to, to straighten up. But she said, you know, I, I began to question my own Views And she began to say, well, maybe I've been wrong about this. You know, because Pastor Anderson evidently thinks it's right and everybody's loving this woman and, it, and she's, you know, everybody's just, is okay. See how deception will get in? Too often churches, and I'm going somewhere with this, too often churches allow things to go on and leadership because they're afraid to stand up and deal with it. And so they either acquiesce, they either give into it and say it's all right, or else they just stick their head in the sand and pretend like it doesn't exist and it goes on in the church and infects the church. That does. And so this woman, she said, I'm just so grateful because I, I was beginning to wonder if we were wrong in our whole stand on this. Well, this 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 family allowed offense to separate them from this church. They allowed some, not even their own offense, they allowed somebody else's offense to separate them from this church to go to another church where they haven't taken a stand. 
Now, they might in the future, but they might not. But she came to a church where, where God had sent her, where we took a stand, where we could, where we could safeguard her family and her children and, and over a fence, somebody else's offense, went somewhere else where they don't have that assurance. <clears throat> what am I saying is God put us in a church so that he could bless us. And the devil will try to rob you of your family, your natural family, but also of your church family. He'll try to rob you. He'll try to take you out. You have to be willing to do what you do if if somebody's trying to steal your refrigerator. Just say, no, you don't. No, you don't, devil, over my dead body. You're not taking my TV. You're not taking my refrigerator. And I got nine verses stuck in my waistband that says you're not getting away from this, with this. First John uh, uh, 5 We've got 1 Peter 2, 24. We've got Isaiah 53. I've got all of these verses tucked in my waistband and I'm telling you, I'll use every one of them on you. You're not taking my stuff. You're not taking my joy. You're not taking my family. You're not taking me out. Well, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Revelation, I'll close with this. Revelation brings trouble. Isn't that encouraging? Go with me to Hebrews and look at the 10th chapter of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. (laughs) Hebrews 10, verse 32. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated or enlightened, after you received revelation knowledge, call to remembrance the former days in which After you received revelation knowledge, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Drop down to verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance so so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Glory to God. See, every time you receive revelation, every time you receive enlightenment from the word of God, you can count on the fact that trouble is gonna come your way. Well, thank you. I know that's really exciting. In Mark chapter four, the parable of the sower, he said that, that, that immediately Satan comes to receive, to take the word out of her life, out of their life. Those who receive the, 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 uh, the seed on, on, uh, on, on bad soil, rocky soil, says immediately the, 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 the seed sprouts up and right away the devil comes to take it away. The devil will always come to take. Don't, don't think something strange has happened to you if the enemy comes to try to rob you of your victory. Nothing strange is happening. You have been presented a golden and great and wonderful opportunity to prove again that God's word is true. Amen. Glory to God. And you say, no, you don't, devil. You're not, taking, you're not taking it away from me. You're not taking my life. You're not taking my health. You're not taking my family. Amen. Why does the devil come? He comes because you are dangerous with the word illuminated in your heart. You're a big threat to the devil. And he knows that if he can't get that word out of you, you will change other people around you. Go to to, uh, Philippians and look at chapter 
No, 1 Thessalonians, sorry. 1 Thessalonians, and look at chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse number 13 says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it, as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. The Amplified Bible says it works its superhuman power in you who believe. Put the word on the inside of you. I'm talking on Sunday mornings about the renewing of your mind. Get your mind renewed with the word of God and feed that word down into your spirit. Meditate on the word until enlightenment comes, until revelation, understanding, until the spirit of God takes that word and makes it real, makes it personal, like he did to Doug tonight when Doug was in the pulpit. You heard him say, I see it, I see it. I can't explain it. I can't exactly define it right now, but I see it. Glory to God. When that goes off in your life, it's beginning to work its superhuman power in your life. Then you act on it. Now the devil will come, Doug, and he'll try to challenge you, but you know the truth. You know, you're for, we're forewarned ahead of time. We know the devil's coming, but we also know he's a, he's a, a defeated foe. The devil comes to, to seek whom he may devour. Well, I'm one of those that he may not devour. He can come and see if he may devour, and I say, no, sir, you may not. Glory to God. Well, amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Victory is ours, and it's sure. Amen. Let's stand up. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up upon the word of God. Do not let the enemy come into your life and steal that that I've given you, says the Lord, but stand up and take your place and you look him squarely in the eye and you say, thus says the Lord God, thus says the word of God, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, and put him on the run and you'll see the victory won in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Well, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.